This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, so um, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to me. Anyway, there's a very big event. I don't know if you heard um, a Chazak event on Sunday, Mitzvah Shem and Queens. I think they're sold out, but um, you might have a couple Rabbi, Rabbi Pesach Kron, Charlie Harari, and myself, Mitzvah Shem. Um, I don't know. The, the event, they're advertising. I think I'm speaking at 9, so. Um, Charlie's probably speaking at 8.15 and everybody Crohn's probably speaking at 7.30 something of that sort okay, so really, normally, usually I speak about Pesach um, the next couple of weeks you know, before Pesach but we're going to go in a little bit different direction because Lemaisa there's a halacha like this the halacha is that if you have Adr Shani, right, so if you have Adr Shani, Adr Shani has to be if you have an extra month, if you have an extra month, it has to be um, it's Adosheni because the Geula they have to be next to each other. The Geula of of, of uh, Purim and the Geula of Nisan, the Geula of Pesach, they have to be next to each other. Why? Why do the two Geulas have to be next to each other? Shukas doesn't have to be next to anything, and Shuvah doesn't have to be next to anything. Why do they have to be next to each other? So, I'm, in my mind. I'm thinking that there's something you have to have, you have to finish in Adar, and you have to take that into Nisan in order to sit by the Seder, in order to sit by Pesach. What is that? What is it that you need to take from Purim, right, and bring it, um, and, and, and bring it into Pesach? There are, of course, some, um, similarities. Wine, we see that wine's a very big, uh, item. The, the Sudas of Yayin that she made, that, that, uh, for Haman and for Achshresh and for Haman, and we see that there's uh, a halacha that you're supposed to drink wine on Purim, not, not whiskey, but you're supposed to drink wine, and we know that you're still supposed to drink wine. Pesach night, there's some very interesting similarities. But Lemaise, so what's, what's the driving force that they have to be next to each other? What is, so I, so, so I wasn't here really for last week for Purim, um, and I, I, so I, therefore I didn't get a chance to really explain what Purim is all about. And if you don't know what Purim is really all about, if you, if you, what you're taking into Nissan is getting drunk and partying, then you totally missed the point of what Purim is all about. But we know that you have to have Purim before Pesach. You have to. They have to be next to each other. So tonight I'm going to introduce something new, um, something very big that um, I'm very excited about. And um, tonight's the first time that I'm really talking about it publicly. I think we might be able to make a, a Kleisrol changing, uh, Mamish to change, change Kleisrol in a very big way. And we're going to talk about it, and that's what tonight's year is all about. So, and we do a lot of reading from the inside. Spent a lot of time, learned a lot of Medrash. And, um, so you'll have to excuse me if I'm not looking at the camera all the time. But it's very, 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 very important what we're going to learn. So it says like this. We spoke about it a little bit before I left, but we're going to go into it much deeper. Amar Pinchas. So, Pinchas says the following. Oi boy. There was another good thing about Achashverosh. Whatever, whenever a person did him something, did Achashverosh something good, he would write it down, which is interesting, because we might have to make a tikkun for that, which I'll tell you in a minute. The Sefer Zechreinais, in his Sefer, in his book of Zechreinais, not only what the person did good for him, Elegam is Misha Asa, who did it for him, what he did, and who did it? Why? Big words. Kidei lahaker loytayva. Listen to what. The, listen to what. Listen to what the Medrash is saying over here. Why did he write it down? 
in order to do good back to the person who did for him. That's why I wrote it down for. Crazy me though. He wrote it down, not so I should have a book of memories, but that I have to do something good back to that person. In fact, by, in, in, the, in the sixth parak, if you look at what it says, it's amazing. Listen, I had six days to think, to learn. Um, right? He could not sleep, which also the Medrash says, and the Zoya says, is talking about Hashem, because it doesn't say, it doesn't say the, the sleep of Hashem, it says the, the king could not sleep. So the Zoya says, it's talking about Hashem. Not that Hashem sleeps, but he already, he wrote Xerah. He couldn't, Hashem didn't want to leave the Xerah, but he was in his, he was in his din. He was in his Kiseshel din when he wrote the Xerah. But that night, he, Ekrash just couldn't destroy Chaisrael, right? So, So he said, bring the Sefer Zechreinais. And they found inside what Mordechai did for Bixen Maseresh, what, what, what did the king say right away? What bothered him about that story? That's time of reward. What did we do? Special and great. He didn't say, so did, we, did, we, did, we, did we give him money? Did we repay him? What did we do? What did we do? To Mordechai on this. We didn't do anything. Think about Yikar Gdullah. We didn't do anything. Isaiah says that Kosh Baruch Hu opened up his Sefer Zechreinais and he saw Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov and the Avais and the, and, and the Brith Ben Absarim and all the promises that he made for us. And Kosh Baruch Hu said, so, so how can we do this? We can't do this. We can't destroy Israel. So there's a very huge lesson here. And the lesson is from a goy. And it says that that saved, the Medrash said that saved Achashverosh's life. Because he was just as bad as Haman and everything else. Maybe worse. And he wanted the Klai to be destroyed just as much as Haman. And he, he's the one who took out the, 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 the um, what's it called of the Beis HaMikdash? The, the Caleb of the Beis HaMikdash. He was very, very bad. And he should have been killed. And he shouldn't have been marrying Esther. And he shouldn't be having a Jewish baby from Esther. Well, that shouldn't have happened. Why did that happen? For one reason. He had a karas Hashem doesn't destroy a karas But now we have a problem. What's our problem, everybody? As much as that's a very great thing, as much as it's a great thing, what Achishverosh did, but that's very bad for us, the Jews. Because, because it's a kitrig on us. If Achishverosh wrote everything down in his book, and was so into Akaras Taib, he wanted to know my Akaragdula. What greatness did I give back to this person? So that's a very, it's a, it, we don't do that. We don't write things in a book. So it's a very big kitrick on Klaishra, what he did. That he did that and we didn't do that. So Mordechai and Esther had to fix it. So if you look at the end, unbelievable, at the end of Megillah's Esther, Mordechai said, you know what? It's very nice we got saved. But we learned a big lesson here from a guy, from an Achashverosh. We have to do a tikkun. So it says in Pasuk, Chaf, 
So Mordechai said, we have to write down what Hashem did for us. So He wrote it down in the Sefer. Specifically, he wrote it down, like Achashverosh did. And he sent Tzvam to all the Yehudim. You have to show every single year. Okay? Now, it doesn't say anything about Esther. It just says Mordechai. If you go right, uh, very interesting. In Pasuk Tes, nine Sukkim later, Tichtoiv Esther Hamalka, Basavachayo, U Mordechai HaYehudi, he already said he wrote it. It says that Esther Hamalka wrote it down, and Mordechai HaYehudi, it's called Tegel Lekabit Zigeres HaPormazai Shedis, Vishach Tzvah Lako Yehudim, Again, they sent it out. The kaimish may hapurim. Ha'elu b'zmanayim. Shekim amarach ha'yehudi v'esamalka shekim. Right? Umay me'ester kiyim dibay hapurim. Ha'elu b'nichto b'sefer. It ends. The nichto b'sefer was written in a book. And then it goes into the yasem ha'melech ha'chashverosh. He put a tax on everybody. So, specifically, Esther wrote it down and told everyone they have to keep Purim. And Mordechai wrote it down and told them they have to keep Purim. And, and, and that was the tikkun to what did, that every single year, you have to show Akash Baruch Hu, since the whole nace came from Akash Atoiv, every single year you have to show Akash Baruch Hu, Akash Atoiv. You cannot come into Pesach and sit at a Seder if you don't have Akash Atoiv. Because Lamaisa, you sit by the Seder and you say, if I wouldn't be, I, I feel like I'm in Mitzrayim, the whole basis of the Seder, if you break down the Seder, is Hakar Satoy. It's appreciation because Baruch took us out of Mitzrayim, and he gave, and he, and he gave the Makos, and, and Makos Bechoyros, and the Matzah, and the, and the, and, and the Karm Pesach, and by Yimor with Chayim, they made it bitter, and Hashem saved us. The whole Pesach is based on, well, all the Dayenos is the biggest, is the big, right, and, 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 and it's, it's a very, it's, it's, you know, we, we sing it as a joke, but it's known to be maybe the holiest prayer in the whole, in the whole Agada. And you end on Shabbos, on Shabbos, um, on Shabbos Agada, when you read the Agada, it's the Ashkenazim's on many three Agada, that's where you finish. Finish by the Dayenus. He's very right. The Dayenu is like the most amazing story of Hakar Satoyev. Because you really didn't get me there yet. You just, you know, if you read all the Dayenus, if I came to Asina, you didn't give me the Torah, thank you. Thank you for what? You brought me to the, uh, to the, to the Verizon store and you didn't buy me a phone. Thank you. If you would have just brought me to the Verizon store and you didn't buy me a phone, good enough. Yeah, which kid says that, huh? Hello? You know, you brought me to the showroom, I saw all the cars, but you didn't buy it for me. It's good enough, Dayenu. Because the mice of Dayenu, for whatever you, across the toilet is based on any, whatever you did for me. You got me, you got me to the Har. Okay, I didn't get the Torah, but at least I got to the Har, the Kedusha Har. Each one of the, each Dayenu has a, has an answer. So, so these two Gaulas, Right? So if you're able to, if you're able to have a curse that to thank somebody for the things that are not in the open, because Purim is the Nister, it can't work the other way around. If you had Pesach first, right, your lesson would be to thank Hashem for miracles. That's not going to lead me into, oh, surely if I thank Hashem for miracles, so I'm going to thank Hashem that I can, that I can taste the soda that I'm drinking. No. You, you, if you, if you thank Hashem for the things you see, it doesn't mean automatically you're going to thank Hashem for the things you don't see. But if you're able to thank Hashem on Purim, 
and come to a level we're able to thank Hashem for Nister, where Hashem's name is not mentioned, where it could have just been a Persian story, and you're able to look into it and say, no, no, there's much more going on over here. And in thank Hashem for Nister, surely you'll be able to come into Nisan and sit around the Seder and thank Hashem for Nisan for Nigla, not the other way around. So Purim has to come before Pesach. Adar has to come before Nisan. And, and, and that's the basis of, of, of Yiddishkeit. That's the basis of, of Mamish everything. And it's the basis, if you really think about it, of Yantav. Chanukah's Akar Satayv on the Nevis and on the war. Purim's Akar Satayv on the Nister. Pesach's Akar Satayv on Mitzrayim. Shur's Akar Satayv on getting the, on, on, on getting what's it called, the, the Luchais and, and, and Matan Terra. Sukkis's Akar Satayv that Gishbach who took us and, and he covered us with all the, all the clouds that we were able to walk in the desert and we, we were able to clean our clothing, we were able in the temperature. Every Yantav that we celebrate, is, 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 is based on Akar Satayv. Yom Kippur is a huge Akar Satayv on Yom Kippur. Why? Why is Yom Kippur a double Shabbos? Why is it like a Yantif? Because Yom Kippur, because Rokha gives you a crazy present that you can do something wrong a whole year and then you can wash it away. <sighs> try and do that to a person. Try to beat him up a whole year and then just say you're sorry one day and fast and he'll forgive you for everything. For sure not. Huh? No, that's not, not, that's not true. I'm just saying. That you did something wrong a whole year and you can ask forgiveness. It's amazing. It's so nuts. It's so, so not understandable. No, if you, if you say, by the way, and I, I haven't, I've seen, um, yesterday, it says that, um, I was learning with my grandson yesterday, Mishnah Rosh Hashanah. I was learning Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, um, the Mishnah says, if a person sins and says, I'm gonna, I'm going to sin and then I'm going to do tshuva. So the mission says, you won't, Hashem will stop you from being able to do tshuva. Right, you'll never get to, you'll never be able to do tshuva on that avera. So they ask Akasha, why does it say that? It should say, it should say, that ain't no machaper. In other words, if you do tshuva, it's not going to be accepted. It's a very funny lashon. The lashon of the mission is, if you're going to do tshuva, no, if you do an Avera and you say, I'm going to do tshuva, so the Mishnah says, you're never going to be able to get to, to do that tshuva. should say, you do tshuva, it won't be accepted, because later on the Mishnah, say for the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, if you say, I'm going to do an Avera, and Yom Kippur is going to be mechaper, ain't Yom Kippur mechaper. Yom Kippur will not be mechaper. So it should say, if you say, I'm going to do tshuva, I'm going to eat chazer, then I'm going to do tshuva, your tshuva is not accepted. It's not what it says. It says you won't get a chance to do tshuva. So ask Akasha, why does it say that? The is amazing. So it says that if you do tshuva, it'll still be accepted. That's the power. It'll still be accepted. So the mission is saying, Hashem's not going to help you do tshuva. But Lamaisa, if somehow you do an Avera and you say, I'm going to do this Avera and then I'm going to do tshuva, somehow you get to do tshuva, it'll be accepted. That's the power of tshuva. is nuts. It's crazy. Do we have a curse to type for that? That, you, that God's giving me an eraser right before Yom Kippur, right before my judgment day. He says, get rid of the evidence. Imagine... Imagine, God forbid, you killed somebody and there's a gun with your fingerprints and everything. And the judge says to you, listen, if you say you're sorry, if you say you're sorry, we're going to take the gun and we're going to throw it into the Atlantic Ocean. You'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No evidence. And that's what you have every Kippur. You don't accept it. So really, every single yantif that we have is based on a curse of life. So I just want to talk about this for a minute because it's mind-boggling. So I did some homework on Akar Satayv. Maybe we're going to write a book on Akar Satayv instead of spiritual DNA. We'll see. 
So first of all, let's talk about Hakaras Latayf for a minute, and just where you see this in the Megillah. Number one, he's called Haman Ha'agogi. Why is he called Haman Ha'agogi? Should we call Haman Arasha? Let's call Agogi. Who is Agog? Agog was the king of Amalek when Shmuel told Shaul to wipe out Amalek. So Agog was the king and his wife, and Shmuel had Rachmanus, and Shaul had Rachmanus, and he didn't kill him. He took all the animals. He was supposed to kill all the animals and the king and everything. He brought them all back. He decided he was going to kill them publicly. And the animals he was going to bring up as korbanos, which was a from Yitzhahara. In other words, really, it's, I, would have, I would have agreed with it if I was part of Klai at that time. Why should we take the animals and just kill them and throw them to the dogs? All these animals, they're kosher animals. Let's bring them for a carbon to Hashem. It made sense what Shaul did, right? Hashem said, if you want to be a leader... Just to follow instructions. You can't use your, you, you, what you think is better or what is worse. That was his big mistake. And what happened? That night, they, they were, they were sorcerers. That night, Agog, who's the king, turned himself into an animal, made his, his queen pregnant. Then, I guess he turned back into a human and Shaul killed him. But meanwhile, she got pregnant, she got away, and she had a baby. And that's how Amalek continued. So why does the Megillah call him Haman Ha'agogi? His father wasn't Agog. Haman wasn't Agog's son. It's Machlaikas, but most people that he wasn't Agog's son. Because the, the, the Megillah continually tells us why Haman had to be destroyed. Because he was Agogi. Because, imagine, Haman had two reasons to have a Karsatayv to Mordechai. One, he was starving. You know the story that they were in the, in the army and he had no water left and, and he gave them his water. Mordechai gave him his water, saved his life. He became his, he became his Eved. But Lamaisha, he saved his life. Two, Agog was, was saved by Shaul. Shaul came from Shevet of Binyamin. And Mordechai was from the Shevet of Ishimini. He came from Shevet of Binyamin. Haman came from Agog. So the least, Haman had everyone bowing down to him. He shouldn't have even wanted Mordechai to bow down to him because Mordechai's great-grandfather, Shaul, and Mordechai came directly, Mordechai and Esther came directly from Shaul, saved his grandfather, he wouldn't have been alive, Haman. If it wasn't for Shaul. So he, how much should have said, listen, Monica, you're from Benjamin, you're from Shaul? You know, Shaul saved my grandfather's life. You know, you, you, I, I don't need you to, you, you shouldn't bow down to me. But he was an agogi. He was the opposite. He was a kafir type. So that's why the, 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 Megillus Esther keeps telling us, who was he? He was an agogi, and he still wanted to kill. He still wanted to kill. So he was a, he was a kafir type. He had to die. He had to be wiped out. Tim Chazacharamalek. Now, Amalek had the same Midah. Very interesting. I learned this a long time ago. What, what did Amalek really do wrong going to war against Klaistro? What did they really do wrong? Klaistro came out of Mitzrayim. What did they really do wrong? They went to war against them. What they did wrong was like this. At the Brits made up sorry, when Hashem told Avram, when Hashem, when Hashem told Avram Avinu, you might have to reset that up. When Hashem told Avram Avinu to, um, yeah, let him reset it up. What? Okay, let's put it back in the eight. Sarah doesn't want me to say this shot. We'll wait, we'll wait till you reset it up. Take a break. Oh, turn any time's on. Be careful what you say. What? You can edit it? Okay. Anyway, so, so, so listen. Just, is it on? No, it's broken. It's broken? No, it's it's back on? Yeah, it's on. Okay. 
Just give it a moment. We'll station identification. All those who are listening on ninety-seven point five, um, we'll be right back on in a minute. We're waiting for Carl Lush to be back on. Yes, we get connected to the phone. On the phone, has a special program? No, the phone, you just have to call that number. You got it? Doesn't matter which one. Oh, the old days were so easy. We got to get that clip. That little clip. Okay, we're good. Okay. Anyway, so 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 what was the big Avera that Amalek did? Why did they have to be wiped out? Timcha Zechra Amalek. And the answer is that by the Brisbane of Sarim, really, Esau was the Esau was supposed to be the Bukhar. Esau was born first, he was supposed to be the Bukhar. The Bukhar of Yitzchak was supposed to go into Mitzrayim. That's the way it was written. When Yaakov bought the Bukhara, so he took on that he's getting the Bukhara and the Bracha at the same time we're, that, that he's gonna, his children are going to suffer in Mitzrayim. So Klai Yisrael went into Mitzrayim for 400 years, but that ended up 210 years. When we went into Mitzrayim, our kids were thrown into the Yamsuf. We were Avadim. We were murdered. We, we were Avadim. We come out of Mitzrayim. We, we took the hit for Esau, for Amalek, for all of them, because they were supposed to go into Mitzrayim. So the second we come out of Mitzrayim, the first place we get to is Rafidim. Who attacks us? Amalek. What are you doing? We just sat for 210 years in Mitzrayim for you. Our kids died instead of yours. So the first thing you do is you attack us. You should be coming here to say thank you to us that we took the hit for you. So they were Kafli Amalek. was mamish. The worst Kafli tells you could be a man. I'm sitting in jail. This guy sat in jail for them. And then you get out of jail, he punches you in the face. Well, I just sat in jail for you for 210 years. Are you crazy? Punch me in the face? Try to kill me? Right? That's what they did. And that was their big Avera. To do a Kafwe Toiv. And Hashem said, A Kafwe Toiv Timcha Zechamalik. That cannot be in on this world. In fact, we see by, by, um, we see by Adam, right? We see by Adam that, that a Kafwe Toiv, the Tselamali Kim, Tselamalikim, the, the image of God that he, that a, that a person has, right? And that's not just a Jew, because everyone has a Tselamalikim. Not just Jews, Goyim also. What's a Tselamalikim that a Goyim has? And the answer is, a Tselamalikim that we all have is to show appreciation. Hashem is very mocked, and I'll bring you many riots that he's very into showing appreciation. So what happened? So when Hashem came to Adam, and he said, who gave you from the tree? Right? So he said, what did Adam say? Did you eat the, did you eat from the tree? 
Here he was paid for time. How was he paid for time? He told Hashem the truth. How did I get from the tree? The woman gave me from the tree. He, he added a word that he shouldn't have added, right? He said, the woman, he should have just said, the woman. He said, the woman that you gave to be good for me, she ended up being bad for me. You didn't do good, Hashem. You gave me someone, right? It's sort of like if you give a kid ice cream and they smear it all over their clothing, and they're like, why'd you do that? And they're like, because you gave me the ice cream. Right, I gave you ice cream, you should eat it and enjoy it, right? Not that, right, so that's a coffee type. Right, you give a kid an ice cream and then he throws it in your, and then he puts it all over the carpet. And you're like, why are you doing this? If you wouldn't give me the ice cream, I wouldn't have done it. That's, well, that's what Adam did. That's what Adam did here. And therefore, he was a coffee type. So we learned something very important after that. And it says, that Kashbach who said to him, you are no longer a human being. Because Telemolikim is someone who has um, appreciation. So Kashbach who said to him, you're going to eat um, through working, since you don't appreciate anyway what I give you. So now you're going to have to work. Until now you're getting it for free. So you don't appreciate it, now you're going to have to work for it. Why? Because you're dirt, and you come, you come from dirt, and you're going to go to dirt. God, you trash talking to me? Like, why? why? <laughs> Call me dirt? Right? And the terrorist says, yes, until now he called him Adam. So you're a person. But, but, what's the difference between, what's the difference between Afa and Adama? Anyone here know? So we, we're called an Adam. Why are we called an Adam? Anyone know why we're called an Adam? Adam comes from the word Adama. Uh, there is solid, Afa is the Adama, you plant in it, right? It grows. Potential growth. Growth. Adama growth. Adama has growth. Anything you put in, you put an odd tomato seed, you get tomatoes. Put cucumber seeds, you get cucumbers. Put oranges in, you get oranges. Adama, a human being is an Adam. He has potential. This Pasuk is huge. Pasuk says a person who does not have Hakar Satayv, he's a Kafli Tov, he has no appreciation. You have no potential to be anything. You're Afar. What's Afar? Afar is dust. Dust, nothing grows from dust. Dust, not, you can take dust and plant in it, nothing will happen. The opposite, the difference between Adama and Afar is Adama has growth and Afar has no growth. So when he said to Baruch Hu, the woman that you gave me, look, look what you gave me, right? Look what she did. And he became a Kafli Tov, Hashem said, really? You're Kafli Tov, you came from dirt, you are dirt, you're nothing. You're not, a, you're not, you're not, you're not anymore might tell him. A person who has no appreciation, you no longer would tell him like him. So Hashem said, he wasn't trash talking, he was telling him a fact. You are no more might tell him, you're no more in my image. You're not in my image, you have no growth potential. A person who doesn't appreciate, you have no growth potential. You're up for, you're going to up for, you come from up for. And then at the end, when Hashem says to name his wife, and he says, Chavahi, um, even though she caused all the death in the world, he, he focused on the pain that a woman has when she gives birth, and every single month she has a period, and all the stuff that she has to go through to bring a child into the world, and he focused on, he says, I'm calling you Chava because I didn't get that curse, you got that curse, and I didn't get that curse, so I'm focusing on your pain, I'm focusing on what you have to go through to, to bring a child into the world, right? So he corrected his lack of Akar Satayv. Even though she caused him to die, 
right? But he appreciated what she. Hakaras Atov doesn't mean that the person only does you good. It means that you appreciate the good that the person does, not that they only do you good, right? So uh, it's unbelievable. Who says the next pasuk after he calls the chava to adam? Behold, he's back to being a person. He's back to having potential. The person who doesn't have a cross the type has no potential. The person who doesn't appreciate his wife and doesn't appreciate his parents and doesn't appreciate, it will, not, in the, it, will, it will in the end not appreciate God. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Yeah, something that, I, something I, that I can... You appreciate it just in your head just to, to realize that you have, we have to actually do No, you have to show a cross the type. Yeah, to, to appreciate what someone does to me then slam across the face. That's... That's not across the tire. That's, right, so you have to show it. No, you don't have to continue every two seconds and say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But you definitely, you, you have to, inside you have to feel thank you and you also, you also have to show it to them. Yes, you do have to show it to them. You get a friend who talks with somebody, you don't see anything, you say, oh, thank you in your head. You know, you have to show something. No, you have to say something. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. not good enough just to say, right. Right. So, so we see from here, so, so this is a very, very important point. That um, in Megillah's Esther, that this, this Achashverosh had this one thing that, that that look at his reaction. Like he saved my life, Mayakaragdula. Well, he didn't just say like, "What did we do for him?" He's like, "What great, unbelievable thing did we do for him?" He was very into Shachar and Amalek was the opposite. Amalek is the opposite. Amalek is here. We always suffer for you, and then the first thing you do is attack us. Tim said, "You got to get that out of the world. Those people who don't appreciate what's what, what's the opposite of appreciate? Well, that's not the word I'm looking for. Ungrateful. I appreciate ungrateful. I think there's a, a different verb, but whatever. Okay. Anyway, so let's let's go a little weiter. Okay, so that's Amalek, and that's Haman. Now, we also see, we also see that um, by Yisrael the Yisro said, it says by Yisro, by Yishma Yisro, Koin Midyon, Yisro heard something, and he decided when he heard that he wants to be a Jew. He's going to be Magaya. What did he hear? So Rashi says, Kriyas Yamsuf and Muhammad Samalek. He heard about Kriyas Yamsuf and he heard about the war of Amalek. So the Kasha is like this. I understand why he became a Jew, Kriyas Yamsuf. That was huge. Right? Kriyas Yamsuf, why? I want to be one of that part of that nation. But when Muhammad Samalek, it was a war. They had wars all the time. Why did that bring him? Why did Muhammad Amalek bring him to Judaism? So the terrorist is like this. And why are they both together? What does one have to do with the other? And the terrorist is like this. When he heard about Kriyat Samsuf, so Yisrael heard Hashem said like this. What did it say in the Pasuk? It says, Baruch Hu said, they're surrounded. They have the Mitzvah on one side. They have the Yamsuf on the other side. Because Baruch Hu says, Va'atem tacharishim. You sit quiet. I will destroy Egypt. You don't do anything. So, when he heard about this, Yisrael, he says, that's pretty huge, right? The Jews did nothing. God did the whole thing. They didn't lift their hands. They didn't pick up a sword. So, okay, so they have a very good God. He does miracles for them. They come out of the Yamsuf, and they get attacked by by Amalek, or before, whatever. They get attacked by Amalek, and he says, what happens by Amalek? Hashem did, they went to war. They went to war. Swords, right? With Yeshua, they went to war. And they knocked them off. He said, one second. Either, if they're warriors, let them fight the Egyptians. 
with, with bows and arrows and swords, if they're warriors. If they're not warriors, then why God just open up the earth and swallow up the Amalekis? Why? When you fight and when you sit, either fight them both or sit them both. And the terror is that Akashbochu told them, unbelievable, you don't touch the triumph. Because at the end of the day, Lamaisa, even after they killed your children and they made you Avadim, you lived there, you multiplied there, you ate there, you slept there. If you're going to kill a Mitzri and they gave you all their money before you left Mitzrayim, if you're going to kill a Mitzri, if you're going to kill someone that you stayed by and lived by him, then that's a Kafoy Taiv and it's going to change who you are. So when it comes to the Mitzri, don't touch them. I will... I don't owe them any Akarasa type. I'll wipe them out. You're a Jew. You're not allowed to touch him. Even because you lived in his land, you can't touch him. Came to Amalek. Amalek never did anything for them. Hashem said, now you have to go to war. Then, it's a mitzvah to kill. Then you can't touch. And, and we see that, very interesting, we see that by Amon, by, by, by Amon and Moab. Right? L'yavol Amon and Moab cannot marry, the men cannot marry into the Jewish nation. Why not? So it says that when the Jews went by, they asked them for food and they asked them for water and they said no. So I always learned, until I prepared this year, I always learned that we don't want in our spiritual DNA a nation that doesn't give you to eat or give you to drink because we're Balech HaSadim. Is that a reason that they can never marry into Judaism? No. Do you know what the reason is? Because where did Ammon and Moab come from? Lot. Lot with his daughters had two children, Ammon and Moab. You, the Jews went by and they were hungry? One second. When Lot was captured, they came from Lot. When Lot was captured by the five kings, by the four kings, right? He was a captive. Abraham Avinu took Eliezer with him, right, or his 318 soldiers, went up against his huge army, right, could have gotten wiped out just to save Lot. Sent Malachim later on into Sodom to get Lot out of Sodom so that he doesn't get killed with all the Sodomites. From him saving Lot, Lot goes up into a cave with his daughters, ends up getting his daughters pregnant, who's born? Moab, Ammon, and Moab. So a nation is now coming Avram's children who saved you twice, who went to war to save you and saved you coming out of Sodom. And you, you're a Kafri Tov? These two nations, if it wasn't for Avram Avinu, you wouldn't even be in this world. You would have been dead with, with, with Sodom. And you're not giving them to eat? You don't have a curse of Tov? You cannot be part of Kali That nation cannot mix with our DNA. A nation that's a Kafri Tov, that's ungrateful, Cannot mix with our, with our DNA, just like a Molek, just like, just like what he did, just like what Haman did, the same thing did from Agagi, and, and the one, and, and, and Shoal saved your grandfather, and now you're gonna kill his grandson? You can't, you can't, you can't exist. Were they aware of the history? What? Of course they were aware of the history. Yes, they were very aware of the history. Absolutely. No, they were covering tough. And we, we see that Akash Baruch Hu, even by, even the Pasha's Balak, it's in the Pasha, a terrible Balak with a Russia, he hired Bilam to curse us, to destroy us. He sent down his girls and 24,000 Jews died 
in a magefa. How could Hashem call a parsha in the Torah? Balak. We don't even have a parsha Torah called Moshe. Or Yaakov, or Aram, or Yitzchak. Right? Yisro we have. And Pinchas. But, and Pinchas' name is also Hakar Satayv. Kriyboku says, because, because you saved Klai Yisro from the Magefa. It was also Hakar Satayv. Yisro says, why is his name the Torah? Because he came up with that idea that Moshe Rabbeinu should have judges. Also has Hakar Satayv. But, but Balak? So Russia. Yisro was a Tadik. What, uh, uh, Pinchas was a Tadik. Balak? So the Metris says that Hashem said, and even though Balak hired Bilam to curse us, but in the end, what did Bilam do? He blessed us. So even if he had the wrong thoughts, but at the end of the day, we got a bracha from him, we have to name a pasha after him. That's how Kuzbok was into our Even though he meant to do the worst thing to us, but something good came out of it, we have to have a karsatayv to him. Unbelievable. Okay, let's go on. We all know Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't hit the sand. He couldn't hit the water. Even though sand and water has no feelings. But it changes the person. It's so true. person who has appreciation. If you, look, if you read all the stories of Gedalim, there's such appreciation for anything that you ever did for them. They would never forget. If you gave them a ride from a wedding, they would say, oh, I remember you know, five years ago you gave me a ride. Thank you. Did I thank you? Good enough. They were very mocked. People who are at Salam Alakim. People who are, who are close to Akash Baruch Hu, very, very mocked, they're very strict when it comes to, to showing appreciation. Listen to this. When, when, I think it's in the end of Parshas, either it's in Pinchas or the end of Parshas, Balak. So, when the Jews went to war against Midian, after we lost 24,000 in my for because of them, so Akash Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, go take the Jewish nation and go to war with Midian and wipe them out. You want me to read it from inside? It's worth reading from inside. This is not understandable. This is like amazing. Listen to this. <coughs> Somebody point this out to me. Let's go. Let's take a look inside. The end of Pasha's Balak. I believe that's where the war is. It's a different Pasha. Um, of course, Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, I want you to leave Klai Yisrael and... Oh, listen to this. Hashem said to Moshe, "Go after the go go to the go uh, go um, harass the Midianites, right? Smite them, kill them, because they caused you all these problems. Um, number one, Dvar Par, and also Kazi Basnisi Midian. So he gave he gave Moshe that commandment." And then, who goes to war against them? Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't go. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't go. Who goes? Aaron Akoyin goes. Aaron Akoyin takes Klai Let's 
see what it says here. Aaron takes Klaishal and he goes to war. So the Kasha is, how could that be? Hashem told Moshe to go. And then Moshe sent Aaron. How can Moshe send Aaron? Because gave him a straight commandment that he should go to war. So it's brought down that Moshe Rabbeinu said, I can't go. I cannot, even though Hashem told me to go fight them, I can't go. Why? When I ran away from Mitzrayim, I came to Midian. And they put me up for all those years. I ran there. That was my place of exile. And they put, I cannot kill the people who kept me in their land all those years. So he sent Aaron. So they asked Akasha, how come after that? It doesn't say in the passage that Hashem said, what did you do? I told you to go. He didn't listen to God. God said, Moshe Rabbeinu, go. Moshe Rabbeinu made a cheshbon and said, I can't go. I can't go. I live by these people. Even though they did such a terrible thing now, I can't go. I live by them. He told Aaron to go. Aaron went. Moshe didn't go. Kishboku didn't complain to Moshe. Kishboku said, I'm asking. He's right. He's right. Now you can ask me, then why did Hashem tell him to go? Maybe it was a test, whatever it was. He's right. He, 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 he can't go. He lived there. You can't kill somebody if you live by him. Even if the guy's the biggest rusher in the world. You can't do it. Why? Because it changes who you are. It changes. You hit water, and water saved you. Water has no feelings. It changes who you are. Now, we're going to see... We're going to see... Um, what's it called? We're going to see in here, very, very interesting, that um, he ripped... That... that um, when he heard the news, when Malachi heard the news, he ripped his clothing. So it's very, very, very unbelievable madrash. There's a million of them, but let me just see what he says here about ripping the clothing. We're getting another parak. This is even scarier than anything I said yet tonight. Mordechai knew everything that happened. And he ripped, Mordechai ripped his clothing. Why did he rip his clothing? Because of what he heard, right? So he says here, the Medrash says, listen to this. Now this is, we're talking about clothing. Why do you have to rip his clothing? If it wasn't enough that he wore sackcloth and, and, and ashes, why do you have to rip your clothing for? When they found the cup, right? When Yosef found the cup in, in, in Binyamin's sack, so it says there, by all the Shvatim, Ruben, Shimon, Levi, they all ripped their clothing because they realized that they're going to lose Binyamin now. So they all, they all did Kriya. Lefichach, therefore, Yatsumi menu Mordechai shikaros Yisrael. Because Mordechai came from Binyamin. And Binyamin, because the cup was in his sack, caused all the brothers to rip their clothing. So now Mordechai had to rip his clothing. So the Medrash asked, but what are you talking about? What are you talking about? The go like Kriya. But Binyamin didn't steal the cup. He didn't do anything wrong. Yosef put the cup there. So what do you mean? Because they ripped their clothing, now, it wasn't Binyamin's fault. He, didn't, he had nothing to do with it, right? 
So he says like this, listen to this. It comes to teach us the deepness of judgment. That if, if a person causes another person to rip his clothing, right? Even though you're right. Even though it wasn't your fault. Like we see by Minyaman, it wasn't his fault. You're going to have to rip your clothing, or your children are going to have to rip their clothing. You're going to have to pay a price, even if it's not your fault. And we see that, um, we see by, by Yaakov Avinu when he stole the, when he stole, not stole, whatever, when he stole the, the bracha, so it says that, that Esau screamed a loud scream when he found out that his brother stole it. And we see over here also the Yitzhak, the Akka Gedele, the same words, Umara. The Jacob had to ha- scream the same thing. And the Medjah says something that it's just so hard to believe, but it's like, it's unbelievable. That, that even though Rivka was the one who told her son he was doing Kibbut of Ain, he was doing what he was supposed to do. You cause, even though you were doing what you're supposed to do, you cause somebody else pain, you are going to have that pain one day. That is very scary. That's when you're doing it right. You're not causing another kid. You made fun of him in class. You bullied him. You embarrassed somebody. You caused someone pain and you're wrong. No, you're right. You're right. He, he was doing kibbutz of aim. But because Asaph let out such a scream, your children will one day let out such a scream. Even if you're right. So imagine if you're a teacher... You have that responsibility, you're a teacher or a principal, and you're right! The kid deserves to get thrown out! You're right! He did a bad thing! You should know! You throw him out, your child will get thrown out one day, or your grandchild will get thrown out one day. But, but, but what do you mean? He was very bad! You're right. But in Shemayim, it's, you, you get paid. You see, what, what did Jacob do wrong? His mother told him, get the Bechairah, right? He went and he did what he was supposed to do. And in the end, Esau screamed. Who cares? He's a low life. He sold the Bechaira. Wasn't even his. You cause someone to scream? Many, 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 many. How many generations? How many thousands of years later? Mordechai, the grandson, great, 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 great grandson of Yaakovino, had to let out such a scream. What a pachat we all have to have to cause somebody else pain when you're right. I don't even want to think about when you're wrong. What do you mean? I had to throw him out. I had to yell at him. I had to throw him out of shul. He was talking shul. You're right. You're right. But you're going to pay back. You're going to get paid back for it. So that's the same words, the same words that we use by, 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 by Esau. How careful a person has to be when it comes with, to cause somebody else pain. But what do you want, man? I, I, I was right. You tried to be right. You're still going to pay for it. You're right, you're right, you're right. You were 100% right. But you're going to pay for it. You cause somebody else pain, even when you're right, you're going, you're going to pay for that pain. It's... it's it's, it's it's very 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 scary very very scary. So so there's, there's a very famous story with um, with ripping of the clothing. Very very famous story. And the famous story is with David Amelach. So in Malachim it says that David Amelach <coughs> he wore clothing and he was freezing. He was shaking. And no matter how many blankets and pillows and 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 and, and wool and, and 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 furs and no matter how much clothing they would put on David Amelach, he was shivering and he was shaking. So Rashi says why? So Rashi says there's two reasons. One, it's why. One, that he saw a malach, which causes blood to freeze, and from that day on he was shaking. But what most of the Mephoshim, what happened was that, that David Amelech snuck in to Sha'ol Hamelech's, 
there were, there were enemies, and he snuck, he wanted to show Shaul that he's not his enemy. So he snuck into his tent while he was sleeping. He snuck into the whole Jewish encampment. Shaul was the king. And he snuck in and he, he, call, he crawled up to him while he was sleeping. And he took his, his, he took his knife and he cut the, the, the hem, the, the top of, the, of, of Shaul's shirt. He, and he left a message. I just want you to know that I, if I was that close, that I could cut the top of your shirt, I could have cut your throat. So I'm trying to show you that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not your enemy, but I was that close, I could have killed you. I cut your clothing. So he didn't want to hurt him. So he cut his clothing to show him, if I could cut your clothing, I could have cut your neck. That was his sin. So Rashi says he was punished because you have no right to ruin someone's shirt. So he says, you ruined the clothing. The thing that you ruined will never be able to help you. Because it's a lack of akar satoy. Clothing is made to wear and to keep you warm. Not to cut, to show somebody that you could have cut his neck. Now, we would think just the opposite. He's a big tzaddik, right? For the rest of his life, he shivered. What's going on over here? What's going on over here? We also know, there's a Gemara that says, that the second base Hamigdash was destroyed. Why? Because they didn't make brachas before they learned that's what it says. They didn't make brachas before they learned. What does that mean? They learned, they knew, they knew, it says, they didn't make brachas before they learned. So what's going on over here? So the Territ says, and this was, this was brought down by the Mashkiach, the Mashkiach of Mir Yeshiva, the Alta Mir Yeshiva. He said something unbelievable. He said, that if you do something against Teva, then Teva can no longer work for you. So, the Teva that Hashem created in the world as long as you have appreciation for it Teva's nature, what they call nature as long as you have appreciation for what God gave you for that nature, then the nature works then the, the fruit is healthy for you and the clothing keeps you warm and whatever it is but the minute you don't have appreciation the minute you cut that again it doesn't have God if, if, you, if it's unappreciated then it's, then it's awful, then it has no potential so the clothing has a potential to keep you warm Right? That's what it has. The potential of clothing is to keep you warm. But if you rip that clothing, right, that means that you, you're, you're not appreciative of what it is, then that clothing can't help you anymore. It becomes offer. It becomes, it has, it loses its potential. So what happened in the times of the Gemara? They learned. More than we learned. They didn't appreciate that Hashem gave them the Torah. Well, how do you show appreciation? They made no bracha. Hashem, you Hashem, They didn't make brachas. They didn't make brachas on their Torah. So that the Teva of the Torah, which makes you a better person, brings you closer to Hashem, gives you Kedusha, Torah does everything. If you don't make a bracha on it, then it becomes Afar. Then it has no potential. It loses its Kedusha, it loses everything. It loses its potential. And that's what happened. They didn't make brachas on Torah, so even though they learned and learned and learned, they didn't do anything. You, you, you cut clothing, and you had a right to cut the clothing. You don't right to cut the clothing. But you cut clothing that showed that you don't appreciate clothing. You should have come up with a different idea, put a string on or write him a letter, whatever it is. You cut clothing, you ruined a shirt, it means you don't have an appreciation for a shirt. No longer can the shirt world or the clothing world keep you warm. It's no more adam. It's no more, it has no more potential. It became afar. It became zero. It has nothing. So therefore, no matter what clothing he put on, right? 
What do you mean? Clothing has a feeling. He cut clothing so it's angry at him. So it's like, I'm not going to let. I'm not going to keep you warm anymore. The answer is no. It became. It became. It no. It lost its ability to keep its potential. Its potential is to keep you warm. So, what you see from all this is that Hakar Satoiv, right, is the basis of of pretty much everything. So I came up with an idea, and I think that Hashem, um, we're going to put a lot of work into it. So you know, there's the Chafetz Chaim Foundation, and they put out a lot of work and books and workbooks and everything about Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara, Lashon Hara. And of course, we're not, I'm not telling you that Lashon Hara is not big. Lashon Hara is very big, and Chafetz Chaim spent his whole life on, on Lashon Hara. It's very, very big. But I think today, I think today Lashon Hara is very big, but we have to focus on there's something else that needs a lot more focus. Not a lot more. Folk, a lot of focus. Not a lot more. There's no comparison. You need that, but you need this also. And I think that... Um, there are three major problems in Judaism today. One is relationship with God. That Torah became a subject, and people go through the road, and they go through it, put on their tzitzis, put on their children, whatever, they can't wait to get out, and there's no feelings towards it, and um, it just became a subject. That's the, hu- the huge, huge problem in Klai Israel today. The other problem, of course, is um, the lack of respect that husbands and wives have for each other. The terrible problems that we have in Shalom Bayes where people get married and a month later they're divorced or just, just the disrespect that husbands have for wives and wives have for husbands. Um, so uh, there's a very major problem in, 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 um, in, 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 in Shalom Bayes. Shalom Bayes is a very big problem. Um, being close to Hashem is a very big problem. And the uh, number three problem, I, mean, I don't know which is bigger, but they're all big, very big problems, is the relationships with our children. Where children just don't get along with their parents. They don't want to talk to them. They don't talk to them. They, they don't give them any information in their lives. They're totally disconnected from their parents, their grandparents, and, and everybody else. And then on a much smaller, you know, just respect. Respect for other human beings. Respect as a boss. You know, that, all that stuff is out the window. So, so what can we do? I was thinking, what can we do to correct them all with one thing? So Shadhar is not going to correct um, your, your relationship with your parents. It's going to correct a lot of things. It'll help in Shalom Bias. But if you don't talk Lashon Hara, you still make, you still, these kids, a lot of them don't talk Lashon Hara, but they just won't talk to their parents. And they don't have a relationship with Akash Baruch So I think that we need to do, we need to do a foundation called the Hakara Satay Foundation. And to put out books, um, with many, there are millions of stories of, of Hakara, of, of, of Hakara Satov. But books are very important. But I think what we really need to do, and, and that's something that I'm going to be working very hard on, is to put out a, um, a workbook for all of us, um, starting when the kid's like five years old, four or five years old, and of course it'll all be different depending on what age you are, and it's, it'll be a, a calendar sort of every single day, and in there, one item, at the end of the day before you go to sleep, something that I, I, I appreciate that God did for me today, something I appreciate that my father did for me today, something I appreciate my mother did for me today, something I appreciate that my husband did for me today, something I appreciate that my wife did for me today, and then something I appreciate that I did for me today. Now, could you imagine a kid who's five years old, who every day before he goes to sleep, writes down one thing Hashem did for him, one thing his mommy did, one thing his tati did, one thing his sister did, one thing he did, right? Could you imagine sitting Rosh Hashanah and opening that book and going through your pages and, and, and just, just what, talking about one of the major mental problems today is low self-esteem, social disorders. If you have such a book, and you read such a book of all the, it's only, it's only good in that book. 
no bad, right? And you and you had the chance to sit. I can I I can't even imagine me sitting Rosh Hashanah this year if I had such a book and just reading every single day. Oh my God! I forgot. Well, I had that flat, and, and and this guy David came to pick me up at the airport, and this and that, and all that. And I wrote it down in my book, and I'm like, I got to call him and tell him Happy Rosh Hashanah. But I don't remember what a guy did for me seven months ago, right? Or it changed your life. It'll change the world. It'll change your relationship with your parents. It'll change your relationship with your wife. It'll change your relationship with Hashem. And 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 imagine kids start doing this at five, six years old, and, and you have this your whole life. You can look at I'm I'm fifty six. I could look at when I was forty years old. Do you think I remember what anyone, anyone did for me when I was forty years old that year? Imagine I could just open a book and look at it. It would be amazing. And of course, you can yeah, an app, right? So, so no, no, not not a, not as a joke. No, hundred percent. Because Lamaisa, some people won't write it down, but they'll have it on their on their on their internet, and yeah, and they'll have an app, and they can look at it, and 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 you'll come Rosh Hashanah, you'll come into Rosh Hashanah, you'll see, oh my God, look at all this good, look at all this good. It'll change. It's it's a game changer. It's a huge game changer because it'll fix the Shalom bias, it'll fix the relationship with our parents, it'll fix definitely the relationship with God, and it'll fix the relationship with myself. Game changer. It's a game changer, and I, in uh, Hashem, I hope to approach Archgirl, other people, and and I, I'm, I'm going all for it. Same as the same idea as the foundation for Lashon foundation for Akar Satayv, because without it, you're off for. Nothing's going to happen. Even if you learn Torah, whatever you're going to do, if you don't make, a, if you don't have appreciation for it, you don't have appreciation for, for what you have, then then you're an Amalek, you're a Mayav, you're. You're off far. You're nothing. You're nobody. You have no growth. You have no growth potential. That's very, very true. Don't you want to work for someone who appreciates you? Don't you want to be married to someone who appreciates you? Don't you want to feel that your children appreciate you? Don't you want to learn how to appreciate God? You don't have a cross to type for everything. You know, I don't remember, you know, when I got hurt and, and, and I thought I wouldn't be able to walk for six months and two weeks later I was walking. I don't remember, I don't remember all these things. I didn't write them down. Achashverosh taught us something very, very important. Has to be written down. If it wasn't written in his book, he would have forgotten about it. Sefer Zichrainis. And I think that you'd have a right to sit on Yom Kippur if you wrote in a book. If you wrote in a book, Hashem every day, then you have a right to say Takush Baruch that he has to he has to have written in the book everything that you did good every day. Asmida Kinegamida. And you sit on Yom Kippur and said. I didn't write one bad thing in my book about anybody. I just wrote the good things they did for me. Hashem, you cannot look at any of the bad things in my book. Because I didn't look at any of the bad things in my book. Game, life, changer, man. Game, life, changer. For the whole class row, for you, for your marriages, for your parents, for everybody. So we're going to go for it. I think it would change the whole world. I really do. To figure out how to make this, this calendar, you know, to do it right, to do it professionally, and you know, that's a very easy thing to fill in. I would love to look at when I was 13 years old what was going on. I'm serious. I don't remember anybody. There's probably a boy that, that, that saved me once from being in big trouble, and I never thanked him. How am I ever going to thank him? I don't remember who he is. It's never too late to start. So I was like, this, this we could start at, at a five year old level. And then depending on what level you are, it's a different, it's a different type of book that you have. And, and you could have a lesson a day in Hakar Satoyev. It would be amazing. 
be amazing. I, 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 I'm so excited about it, I can't tell you. I think that's a major shem. It's going to be a very big push. And, and we're going to talk. I think it's something that you, you see from what you see, because that's what Hashem wants. That's all He wants. He wants, he wants us to appreciate each other. It's not about Him. He wants us to appreciate each other. So, yeah, Taka, the kids are like, I, I, I've talked to 16, 15 year old girls who have told me I have nothing to thank my parents for. I don't even thank them that they brought me into this world. I wish they wouldn't have. If they were written their books starting at five years old, they would see there's a lot, a lot of stuff when they were five and six and seven and eight that they forgot about, and nine that they forgot about what their parents did for them. But they wanted something, and their father went out and got it. Whatever it is, if it's written down in the safest of ways, and then imagine Achishverosh, you're much better than Achishverosh. Why you calling Dula? What did I do for this guy when I was 16 years old and I was in trouble, and he got me out of the trouble? I can't sleep unless I pay him back. We don't remember. We never wrote it down. We have no idea. We forgot. We said thank you. We forgot. That low life. Low life. Everything that anyone does for me, I want his name, the date, and what he did for me. Save Kaddishra. So Esther and Mordechai said, you have to write it down. And that's why I feel the Seder, if we, all the Kabbalah that we've learned, the Seder and that, it has to be so holy. You have to have karpas. You have to have salt water. You have to have mora. You have to have matzah. Give me a break. You have to have all this stuff. When I put my radish in, 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 the, in the salt water, I'm thinking about tears. It's, not, it's pretty good, you know? What, what, what's all this stuff? And the answer is... We, we, we're using symbolisms to show our curse of And every single one of these things. Even on the Mara. That's the, the bracha to Haman. The Mara made us into a nation. We became, we came down 70, 70 people and we left the nation. So there's our curse of time to the Mitzrim. You can't kill them. They're standing there by the Yam. They're shooting spears and arrows. They want to wipe us out. And Hashem's like, don't you lift your hand and touch them. Don't you touch a mitzri. What do you mean? He took my kid. He threw him in the Nile River. Paro killed our kids and bathed in the blood. And I shouldn't touch him. No. You ate his food? You lived, you lived, in, his, you lived, in, his, you lived in Goshen? You lived in his country? Don't touch him. I'll take care of them. Wow. Huge. That's what Purim is. And that's what Purim has to lead us into Nisan. And that's what we have to work on. At least four weeks before we sit at that Seder. So we know how to say it. Maybe, maybe for the next four weeks, at least write in a book at night what, what, what you feel Hashem did good for you that day. And let me tell you something. There'll come days where you'll say, Rebbe, I had nothing to write in my book. And that's why you're gonna have to, we're going to have to put out a book on understanding what we have to have our cross type for. That in itself is screaming at us that there's something very wrong. If you have a whole day and you can't find one thing that God did good for you that day, or if you're if you're married and at the end of the day you can't find one good thing your wife did, you don't have a good marriage. You're in big trouble. It means that you're taking her for granted. And if she can't write something you did good, it means she's taking you for granted. And if your kids can't write something you did, you're taking them for granted. And you know what? There wouldn't be anything wrong with a parent writing down what his kids did from that day. You know, my son did very well on his test and it made me happy. And I appreciate that, and I thank them. It, it, cha- it changes the whole world. It changes families, it changes class, it changes everything. 
And that whole thing I got, this whole idea from learning the Midrashim on Megillah's Esther, because that's what the whole Purim stands for. Appreciating what you don't see. Appreciating an Esther. Surely if you can do that, you can do Nisan. You can do Adar, you can do Nisan. You can do Nisan doesn't mean you can do Adar. That you appreciate all the big stuff that, that, that a lot of people appreciate, but it's the little stuff that you don't see. It's the stuff that, the stuff that you take for granted. There's so many stories that I don't have in my head right now. So many stories of things that people do that, um, Hashem runs the, it's a crazy world. You have to just tell you something that happened today. So, um, I don't know where it's gonna go, but it's like, oh my god, you're the man. You are a man. Listen to this. I had a kid in my class. He's now 20, he's now 23 years old. He was in my class when he was 12. So he was in my class my eighth grade 11 years ago. I totally lost contact with him. I don't know, I, I, I have nothing to do with him. I, I lost contact, my fault, whatever. Whatever, he was only, he was in my class, we went, I was already in my years, 11 years ago, I was already not the same Rebbe that I was when I was very young. So, 97, 97.5, right? He did Baruch, it's a phone call today. Um, from a guy. So the guy who runs he Deborah picks up the phone. And the guy says to him, well, it was Terry yesterday. Remember Wallace didn't speak on your radio station? And they're like, they're like, yeah. And he's like, oh my God, I haven't seen my Rebbe in a long time, 10 years, 11 years. He says, I have to tell you something. I live out in the islands. Listen to this. He lives out in the island. He says, in the island is a rock station, 97.5. I know that it's, it's a rock and roll station, a really heavy rock and roll. He says, I love rock and roll. He's a worker. He says, and I had a job in Brooklyn. So I always have it on 97.5. But, in, but he, that brood is 97.5 here in Brooklyn. So he had a 97.5 because this is rock and roll in Long Island. When he got to Brooklyn, it was on 97.5. He pushes his radio, it was on 97.5 for the rock and roll. He puts it on to listen to rock and roll, but in Brooklyn it's not rock and roll. In Brooklyn it's he that brought. And who's on at that moment that he pushes the button? I am. And he listens to this rabbi and he's like, I know that voice. That's my Rebbe. And he listens to my share. It was an hour and a half share. He listens to my whole share. And he calls up he that brought and he says, I want, to, I, I want to talk to my Rebbe. And he's not really, he's nothing today. Nothing. He doesn't keep anything. Right? He says, I want, I want if you can get me Rabbi Wallace's number, I want to talk to him. So, because Brooklyn has this guy, I haven't seen him in 11 years. He's listening to 97.5 Rock in Long Island, right? Ends up coming to Brooklyn, turning on the radio. At that moment, it would have been Jewish music, he would have flipped this, he would have turned it off. At that moment, I'm speaking, and it's my student. There's no way I would have ever found him. I forgot about him, I would have nothing to do with each other, we, didn't, we weren't that close in class. Whatever, now, whether I'm going to meet him, he's going to become from, I don't have the end of the story yet, right? The story just started. But, but, but look, look what's going on here. So, so you could just look at it and say, oh, all right, yeah, it's cool, you know, 97.5, yeah, yeah. Because Baruch is turning the, turning the channels. He's got this guy who set up, it could be, I mean, the only reason he likes 97.5 in the island listening to rock and roll, because there's a hundred different stations, because Baruch Baruch knew that one day that 97.5 is going to have his Rebbe speaking on it, and he's going to meet him, and maybe he'll bring him back, whatever, I don't know the Cheshman yet, I can't, I don't know the Cheshman. But, I'm like, God, you're the man, I mean, it's crazy. So that would be my book tonight. That's your book. Thank you, Hashem, that you fixed this whole thing up like that. That I found this guy after 11 years.
No, we just it just happened, Mamish, a few hours ago. He, he called me from Hidabrut. No, the guy from Hidabrut said, "Go on, don't give out my number." Whatever, whatever it was, right? So I said, "Get me his number. I want to call him. Don't wait till he calls you." He has his number. We never found him. So, so if you're writing things that you know, and in two weeks from now, I'll forget about this. And ten years from now, I'll surely forget about. It. Imagine opening up the safe as a and you're like, "Oh my gosh, remember that story with the Hidabrut?" That guy at night, said, what? what? If you don't write it down, if you don't write it down, you don't remember these things. And life just becomes a big blah, 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 and you forget everything. So that's the big thing. The king could not sleep. He said, bring me my Sefer Zechreinus. So my bracha to us is, it says that, that in, in, in Nisan we were, we were saved, in Nisan Nigal we were redeemed, and in Nisan we will be redeemed again. And I think that the secret to being redeemed is to show appreciation to Shakar Satayev, and if we're able to do that between Purim and Pesach and Taka, we will be Nigal and we will see Mashiach from Hebe. Amenu, Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.